around the world, locally, with family and friends, House of Destiny International Ministries presents Senior Pastor Dr. Larry Manley with today's message of a spiritually vibrant connection with God. We hope that you enjoy the viewing. Dr. Larry Manley, Senior Pastor here at House of Destiny International Ministries, located in beautiful Boiling Springs at 302 Costner Road. We hope today's message will be a revelation to your soul to draw you closer to the Kingdom of God. You see, one thing I've learned about Jesus is this. He's always on a mission. Everything that Jesus does, he always knows what the next move is, way ahead of the game. Now, the, the, the title of this message, as I lift it off the page of the book, is The Tree That Had No Fruit. Boy, that's a sorry tree. The tree that has no fruit. Isaiah 61 verse 3 tells us that we are trees of righteousness. And we are planted by the Lord to give glory unto our God. So God looks at us as being trees of righteousness okay but the tree that had no fruit tells me something now James 3 verse 18 tells us that being that we are trees of righteousness James 3 18 tells us that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So if we're trees of righteousness, that means we should have some fruit of righteousness, right? And to have fruit of righteousness, that's fruit of righteousness, then we have to have sow in peace and we have to make peace because the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. No peace, no fruit. Amen? No peace, no fruit. The tree that had no fruit. As we draw nearer to that place of peace in our life, certain things are taking place here. As God, the Spirit of Christ, begins to move within us and guide us to that place of peace known as the city of Jerusalem. He stops off at a place called 
the house of unripened fig known as Bethphage. See, see, it, it, you can't start producing any fruit, ripe fruit, until you reach that level of peace in God that surpasses all understanding. Now notice Bethphage, the house of the unripened fig, was unto the Mount of Olives. Now this is saying a whole lot because the Mount of Olives is where Jesus was in agony at. The Mount of Olives means in Hebrew, oil press. And you cannot get an anointing from God unless you go through the pressures of life. That's where your anointing comes from. See, see, you don't get an anointing out of Walmart. You don't get out an anointing out of how much money you make. You don't get a, no, you get your anointing out of your ability to stand and withstand the sufferings of life that it brings upon you, and you still are able to walk with God and to do what God would have you to do when God would have you to do it. You see, Chad Deacon, I was talking just a minute ago, a lot of people are anointed by God, ordained by God, and walk away from their calling as if God done removed his anointing off them. Don't you know that the same fire that keep you warm will burn you up? Don't you th know that the same word that saves you will send you to hell? Don't you know that, church? Don't you understand that our God is a consuming fire and he's not playing games up in here with us? Don't we know that? So the word of God tells us here that they came to this place of Mount Olives. And Mount Olives is that place of suffering in your life as you're trying your best to get to that place called Jerusalem. But there's some things, there's some drop-off drop -off points. First of all, you haven't been in the peace of God, so therefore your fruit is unripened. Second of all, you're winding up in a place of Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is that place of suffering. It is there where Jesus sends out two of his disciples. The word disciple means disciplined in the way. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So a disciple is somebody that's disciplined in the way. A disciple is a part of you that's disciplined in the way that God can trust to send out to do a job for him. See, you can't send everything in you out to do a job for God. Because, you know, we got a lot of crooked stuff in us, too. He can't send that out. He got to send disciples. It's just like in the church. You can't send anybody to do it. You got to send disciples, those that understand what it is to be proficient in God those that understand what it is that we're trying to do and accomplish in God as the kingdom is concerned. Name, sake. So not only Jesus had to go to the Garden of Gethsemane in the Mountain of Olives, but we've got a Garden of Gethsemane that we've got to go through in life too if we want to get anointed. We're not going to walk through this thing without suffering and despair, y'all. But God is able. That's the good thing about it. 
So verse 2 tells us, saying unto them, when he sent the two disciples out, he said, now, I need for you to go into the village over against you. And straightway, you're going to find an ass, and it's going to be tied. And a coat is going to be with her. He said, I want you to loose them and bring them unto me. First thing you got to see here is that Jesus sent that which was disciplined in the way on a mission. And that mission was over in a village, that's a populated place, that was against them. You see, God will send you in a place that's against you. The village was over against what they were normally going to do. And in order to do it, he's going to have to send you into that place, that village, that place, you know, where you've been hanging around at in yourself. It's called a stronghold, that place. Y'all know what that place is, that place of hell in your life. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about sending that which is disciplined into that area because in that area that's against you, that stronghold, there's something tied up. See, see, some things that's tied up in you that's causing a burden in your life. See, it's got to be loosed. And then there's also a male offspring called the coat there. And we know that that male offspring is the son of something. It's a builder. So notice what God does. God just don't tell them to go and release the burden. But he goes and he say, now, I want you to release the ass, but I want you to release the builder of that burden too. That's that offspring, that coat. Because if you release the burden and leave that thing that's building it, then what good? It's going to come back and build it again. You understand what I'm saying? You ever, you, you, you ever tore down an ant hill and didn't kill ants? What do they do? Build it back in the same place. So Jesus saying, now I'm not just going to take, I don't want you to take just the ass that's tied, the burden of your affections, that stronghold that's in you, but I want you to release that thing and bring it to this building it. Because I'm feeling to ride this thing. I'm feeling to ride this thing right on into peace. You're going to go looking for that stronghold in your life. Go and find out what's got it tied up. And go and find out what built it too. And loose it. And then bring that thing to Jesus. Well, the Bible says here, and bring them unto me. Verse 2 at the end. First Peter tells us, 5, 7, say, casting all, not some, but all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. See, that's what he's telling them to do here. Loose this thing. Bring it to me. Whatever it is that's got us bound up, turn it loose and bring it. Give it to Jesus. Turn it over into his hands. See, a lot of us been in misery so long till we don't want to turn misery loose. Oh, I know I'm talking to you. A lot of us been in poverty so long that we don't want to turn poverty loose. Because we don't feel comfortable doing good. I'm going to talk to the church this morning. I'm going to let God's Spirit speak. 
You see, see, a lot of us been in bad relations so long till we don't know a good relation when we see one. See, we don't feel comfortable in nothing but destruction. We don't feel comfortable in doing good. We don't give our chance, ourselves a chance to see what it's like to live above paycheck to paycheck. You see, won't you, won't you give it a try? Like Billy Graham said, won't you just come and give it a try? Won't you just come and give the good life of Jesus Christ a try? And see what he'll do for your life. But you got to lose some things first. Because God is trying to take you into a place of peace. And in order to get there, some things are going to have to be loosened in your life. And the Bible says in verse 12 through 14, And Jesus went into the temple of God. Where's the temple of God? It's right here. It's right here. If you don't believe me, go over there to 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. And it'll tell you that you are the temple of the living God. And whosoever defile that temple, God himself shall destroy. So we're the temple. So we're always looking at Jesus coming up in a physical building like this. No, no, no. He went up in us and turned over some things. See, God got to come up in us. See, after he rode in on the beast of burdens, that stronghold. And after he rolled in and rolled in on the offspring carrying it behind that beast because he's taking it all right there in the peace that surpasses all understanding. And then verse 12 says that Jesus went into the temple of God. And the first thing he did was he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple. And he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. I want you to go over there to 2 Peter 2, 3. And when you go over there, you'll see that the Bible says that they, with fiend words, talking about leaders. He said, they with fiend words will make merchandise out of you. That's what the word of God says. How many times do you get on, uh, do you turn the television, you know, or you go to these conferences or whatever, and all they're doing is trying to get your money? How many times now? And them, them jokers that y'all believe in, y'all think they got such a powerful word, and every time you turn around, they posting it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, you do. But them, them same jokers that's making merchandise out of you, these jokers making cash. See, I'm trying to hip you. I'm trying to pull you up. I'm here, and I'm putting time in trying to educate God's people. See, some people don't want to be saved by the hand of an average man through Jesus Christ. Some people would rather be saved by the glitter and probably don't get saved at all, more than likely. More than likely. Oh, I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to bring this thing back down to the local assembly. Because, see, we done got so far out there, and now we listen to everything that sounds good. We take these old slick-talking TBN preachers, you know, them slick talkers, and they rhyme with their stuff together, and everybody just fall out like it's all great and everything. And I'm saying, what in the world is that? That's a clown. 
Y'all seen the Joker, Dark Knight, that clown. Let's order the, let, let, let's hire the clown. You know what I'm saying? Let's let the clown tell us some jokes. You know, I ain't got no jokes for you. I ain't got nothing but truth. How many of y'all want to hear the truth? I ain't got nothing else for you. I ain't got nothing else for you. I ain't playing no games up in here. You know why? Because when you stand and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it ain't going to be no plaything. You're going to see that God, he came as a lamb. But when he come back, he's coming back like a lion. See, because, see, y'all don't view Jesus as that kind of fella. But you will because he says it in his word. When I come back, I'm cleaning up. By the breath of his mouth, he destroyed him. Just by the breath. Ah, that's powerful. They don't like that kind of Jesus being preached. And you got to understand that. Because there are two deaths, people. There's the first death. And then there's the resurrection. And those that are in the first resurrection are blessed. And then there comes the second death where you done already died one time and then God will wake you up again. Is that bad enough to die one time and be killed? Now you're going to wake me up again and kill me again in the second death the Bible talks about. The second death, I'm, I'm preaching word up in here. The second death, that's the one where he cast everything into the lake of fire. You understand what I'm saying? So hell ain't the worst place. That's the lake of fire called death and hell, the Bible says, the book of Revelation, shall be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Blessed are those who are in the first resurrection. And see, Jesus got to come up in here and turn some things over in us. Now notice what happens after God comes in and straightens everything out in your life. Notice what happens when God come in and overturn that old idolatry spirit of the money changer out of your life. Watch what happens, people. Watch this. In verse 14. And the, afterwards now, and the blind and the lame came to him. Where? And somebody say, he came to me. In me. Because we the temple. You see, God can't do what he need to do until he turned this stuff over. And then all of a sudden, once he turned all this mess over in our lives, guess what? Then that which is blind in you, you know, that which can't see in you, because the preacher can't get you to see nothing. It takes God to open your eyes. I'm just honest. I'm just honest. But see, afterward, after the pain, after the suffering, after the turning over of the tables and the money changes, and, and even the dove, those that sold the dove, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And see, they was in there selling God. <laughs> they was in there doing that too. So after that, then comes that which is blind. That's that which can't see what God been trying to tell you. And then comes that which is lame, if you can't see, you can't walk either. You're bumping into everything. And I think we've all been there, and we're all still there to a certain degree, but we all have. The whole thing to this thing is getting better. It's all about getting better. If you're at the same stage or worse than you were, 
last year or six months ago, you ain't making no progress, then you need to check out what you do. You need to really go back and check to untie that ass. And the coat, too. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's still bound up. And what's happening is it keeps drawing you back to it. It keeps drawing you back to it, see? And you've been comfortable there so long until you don't stick with God long enough for him to get you out of it. Because you're comfortable in your sin. You're comfortable in your poverty. You're comfortable in your sickness. You're comfortable in your not having. You're comfortable. And you got to stop being comfortable. You're you comfortable in living in a, in, in a place that where, you, where you refuse to clean up and wash your dishes, you, you, you're comfortable in it, that Jesus, he feeds on our fruit. That's why he's so adamant. See, the spirit has to be fed, people. If you don't feed it, guess what? It'll die in you. It'll get weak. And then all this other stuff, these strongholds will start coming back in our life. When you go into your next breakthrough, your morning season, that's the light of dawn, right? You can't live on what your past breakthrough was. You're going to be hungry again. So the only thing that you can do is you can't live on your past breakthrough. Only thing you can do is build upon it. And what I mean by that is that all one breakthrough is to another is like faith to faith, glory to glory. One breakthrough builds more of the foundation for you to build your next breakthrough on. So don't think that just because God has given you one breakthrough that you ain't going to hunger no more. Because when you get to your next breakthrough, you're going to have to eat again. And that's what Jesus is saying here. In the morning, as he returned to the city, see, he was hungry. But now we're going to get real good with this thing here. I want you to see something. And when he saw a fig tree. Now, what did I say the fig tree was? The person who's pure in God, right? We're trees of righteousness, right? But when he saw a fig tree, where was the fig tree? In the way. Who is the way? John 14, 6 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, the fig tree, the person that's supposed to be righteous in God, is supposed to be in the way. And if he's in the way, then Jesus is expecting that some fruit be there. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Bible say the fig tree was in the way. But watch this. And he came to it, and he found nothing, the tree that had no fruit on it. Now, I'm closing here. But I want to show you something here. Verse 22, pay close attention. And all things, not some things. Somebody say all with me. All, all things. Whatsoever ye shall ask. And what? I'm going to deal with that. Believing, ye shall receive. Now watch this. In all things, church, as I close, not something. 
But Jesus said, all things. That means take the limits off. All things, he said. Whatsoever you ask for in what? No, he said prayer. He said prayer. Now here's where people miss it. They don't know what the word prayer means in its original text. It means worship. Whatsoever you ask for in worship. Ain't no need in you getting on your knees praying for something if you ain't in worship with God when you ask for it. I'm going to reveal to you why. Praise, like we said, is foreplay to God. It gets God's attention. That's what praise does. Too many times people are mixing up praise with worship. It's not so. Worship is when God pays attention to us through our praise and he decides to come in and make love to our soul. Then it becomes worship. What happens when the male, he releases seed. So God in worship releases his seed into our soul. Listen to me now. Don't ask God for nothing until you get into the atmosphere of worship. In all things, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, which is in worship, if you believe it while you're in worship, then the seed that God is already releasing in you while you're in worship will impregnate that which you're asking from him. Do you understand? And that's why it will become authentic and manifested in your life. Because you understand that Whatever it is that you're asking for, do it while you are in true worship with him. That's why we're trying to get y'all to understand and get into a place of worship. Let me tell you something. When you get to that place of worship, you will know you are there. You will, you will know that you are there. I mean, it's a totally different experience. The reason why People aren't getting what they want from God is because they're not putting forth the effort to get in worship with him. Thank you.